Kit McCarty here, welcoming you to Now I See, a podcast where people of vision share their eye-opening experiences that helped them shift focus, gain perspective, and see themselves and their world in a whole new way. We invite you to pull up a chair to the conversational table, pour yourself a drink, and enjoy our show. We're hoping our time together will encourage, elevate, and engage you toward your own eye-opening moments. My special guest today is Stuart Matthews. Welcome, Stuart. Thank you so much for having me. I am so glad you're here. Stuart is one of the funniest guys I know, and he's proud to be a boomer sooner. Not sure why, but he is. Boomer! Uh, (laughs) There you go. Um, He is, uh, the reason he's here today is we're going to talk about music. He is one of my favorite musicians. He's a classically trained musician. He got his degree from music at University of Oklahoma. He likes all kinds of music, and he has performed all kinds of music. Um, He where I met him is he was a singer, a tenor at the, um, it's not the bass. What's the name of the show? Oh, the Emanuel Tour? The Emanuel Tour, but there, there was a name of the show. Let's see. It was the Young Messiah the Young Tour. The Young Messiah. Yes. I don't know why I couldn't remember that. There yeah. it was. And you were there with Larnell Harris and Michael W. Smith, Patty, Sandy Patty. Yeah, Sandy Patty was supposed to be there. She was sick that night. Oh. And so I did not get to meet her that night. Who was in? Twilight Let's see. It was, they put no, in somebody famous. It was, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Cece Winans took, oh, her, took her place. So, oh I mean, my gosh, another great vocalist. Fantastic backup if you need one. So. Right? You were yeah. running with a fabulous cast of yes. people. Uh, just great talent and great personalities. That had to be so much fun. And the first time I heard you, I said, there's, there's a guy. That's going to be something. There's a guy who has a voice that people are going to want to listen to. Well, and I was you. so delighted when we uh, ended up being friends years later. Um, so you you serve as a deacon. You serve as a worship leader at the church, choir director from time to time. You've led some revivals. You do weddings, funerals. You do it all. And that's right. probably that's what you're best known for in our community is the funeral singer. Well, Don't know that's, how, that, how that rides my, with you. but Yeah, my, my kids give me a hard time whenever the uh, movie uh, The Wedding Singer came out. They said, oh, Dad, <laughs> you'd be... The the uh, you know the funeral singer, but I always come back and say, well, people are dying to hear me, and so she. There's that. Yeah, there, yeah. so There's I got that. that going for me. <laughs> Just another thing I love about you. I love your voice. I love what you say as a teacher and a speaker. I love your laugh, and you laugh a lot, which I so enjoy. And I love the way you sing, and so I'm so glad to have you here as well, a guest today. Thank you again. I'm excited to be here. Stuart, I see you as faithful and thoughtful and playful resilient and a huge encourager how do you see yourself uh certainly uh the the resilient side like you mentioned um uh from health things that i've dealt with uh, through the years uh from the time i was about 17 years old i've uh, dealt with uh, uh inflammation issues that started out with uh ulcerative colitis i was sick all through my 20s uh just kept you know just uh, losing strength losing strength finally finally had cancer when i was 29 and uh with that had the colon removed um and then I've been on the comeback trail ever since, and uh, honestly felt better uh, from that point uh, than I did all through my 20s. So I just looked at it as uh, God had provided a new strength to uh, to keep moving on. He wasn't done with me yet, and so uh, I figured I'd just make the most of every moment that I had, and, and uh, so far that's worked out pretty well. I'm so glad. So I think I met you after all of that, but I saw you ride hard through some relational challenges, through some job challenges. Uh, you took a huge hit. 2001 and mm-hmm. I just I saw you um persevere I just didn't give up and you kept your joy in the midst mm-hmm. of it it was such an encouragement inspired and inspiration to me and so yeah. I'm so glad we've been friends and, and we're coming up you know on on 9-11 and sure. 9-11 was pretty much the catalyst of all those things falling apart um 
you know, uh, like say on the financial side to have everything going and being able to uh, share with different organizations, mm-hmm. different people, just uh, being on the giving side mm-hmm. uh, to go from that uh, to basically losing a business and honestly being homeless for about six months and having to live with uh, with relatives to get by, uh, you quickly realize that you need your foundation on on the solid rock and uh, and dollars and cents are not that stock was certainly not that mm-hmm. and uh, so we went from you know having 15 million in stock and everything looking looking great for the future to zero and living in a grandmother's uh, spare bedroom for mm-hmm. for a while so uh, but like I say we had our life we had uh, you know uh, still able to put one foot in front of the other mm-hmm. and we were certainly thankful for mm-hmm. that uh, I was certainly thankful for that and you know you mentioned the uh, uh, relation relationship things that they went off went off track and um, again it was um, a situation where it's heartbreaking um, but you know much like uh, uh, you know Paul was told whenever he was asking for that thorn to be removed you know God's grace is sufficient to get mm-hmm. us through those things and uh, and he's he's proven faithful in that um, you know the challenge that I have nowadays is just trying to uh, match his schedule with mine and you know and, and realize I got to get that turned back around so that it matched my schedule with his and uh, and not get frustrated with uh, with him not answering you know to my beck and call and uh, just make sure that I'm doing that for him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I met you probably 2001 or shortly thereafter and um and I knew that you'd had struggles but I didn't know necessarily what they were but these two things I did observe about you you were joyful you were resilient um, and, and I think um, two things helped you through that time. One of them was your desire to be an encourager. You knew what it was like to hurt, and so you were quick to help others. And another is music, and music really carries people through difficult times. So let's talk about that a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, you talk about the, the joy side of it. Um, you know, it, it's really a decision. I mean, I so. I, in, my, in my thinking, um, in times of trouble, you can either face the facts that those troubles are there, and you can attack those troubles by themselves, or you can get down about it emotionally, have to struggle through your own struggle just to have the strength to take on the battle. Uh, I don't know if I'm lazy or, or what, but I didn't want to have to fight myself. And so to choose joy in those opportunities and look for those silver linings, uh, you know, was certainly what brought me through and, and able to, to lean on that joy to, to get through. But as you mentioned, the music is always a, a wonderful outlet. Uh, you look at songs that were that were written hundreds of years ago, uh, and and the writers were writing of a time that uh, their lives were you know uh, had completely fallen apart. You know, it is well with my soul, yeah. written by somebody who has just lost their family at sea. You know, after their business had just burned down, and and you think, how in the world can this fellow be writing? It is well with my soul, but you know, God carries us through, and and uh, He is faithful. Um, even whenever he's not answering at the very moment we want, yeah. um, you know, his, his timing is always better than ours. And I trust in that. Uh, but like say the music, the message of music, uh, can speak to us, uh, words written, like say centuries ago, still effective today. And the beautiful thing about music, uh, whether it's instrumental music or, um, you know, uh, written music, uh, vocal music, um, all can touch the heart, uh, touch the ears you know, the mind, uh, to where it can either return us back to a happier time, a happier memory, um, or that hope for the future. Uh, as you mentioned, I, I sing at a lot of funerals mm-hmm. and, um, one of the songs that, that is sung is I bowed on my knees and cried holy. Mm-hmm. And that is just a, a beautiful story 
uh, all the way through uh, of of that destination that we as Christians have, um, that we can go through the troubles of today, these temporary afflictions that we have today, knowing that on the other side, there's joy unspeakable and full of glory, you know, and that's mm-hmm. uh, just a, a, a wonderful thought moving, you know, moving forward. Uh, so music, uh, certainly in my life, and I hope that being able to share that with folks uh, is is a moment to uplift them and, and uh, hopefully bring, you know, good memories or, um, you know, hope for, um, you know, that, that resolution of whatever hurt it is that they have going on. And, um, so that's, that's, that's kind of been the, the approach that I've had, just to be a storyteller, uh, but to add to that the, uh, the musicality that I've learned through the years, whether it's you know, instrumental music or learning to control my voice to, you know, to, to be able to apply those things and, and be musical and pleasing in whatever it is that I sing. Music's been a go-to for me for many years. If I'm feeling happy, I want to dance in the kitchen. I want to, you know, I've got music going and it's loud. If I'm driving down the road and, and my song comes on, Oh, yeah, I'm all over it. But um, when I'm sad, music has also been a comforter to me, and it's a way to express my feelings and to realize that I'm not alone in my grief, that the singer that I'm listening to and the struggles that they have gone through and put to music um, kind of mirror my own, and so I find some comfort there. Um, And music has a wonderful way of bringing us together. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have been so... um, so profoundly moved to that when um, we sang together in nursing homes. Um, some people might not be able to carry on a conversation with us. They might not be able to be aware enough to answer questions. How are you doing today? Or did you enjoy your lunch? Or whatever we might strike up with them. But when we start singing, they know every word and they mm-hmm. sing right along with us. Yeah, that's, that's the other beautiful part about uh, sharing the gospel. You look at all of the gifts that God has given, uh, you know, the word to be preached, um, to be prayed. And then to be worshipped, or you know, in in song, and music is the only one that we can do together. If if everybody in the world preached at the same time, it would just be chaos. If everyone prayed at the same time, even if they were praying the Lord's prayer mm-hmm. and praying it together, we've done that in mm-hmm. in church services, sure. and it's uh, it, you know, it's not in sync. It's uh, you know. Uh, you, you hope that the amen ends together, you know. <laughs> so it's one of those things you can't do together. But like you mentioned, uh, a song. We it, it's rhythmic. It's um, you know it it has a flow to it that that people just instantly go to. And you mentioned in the nursing homes, so often people uh, may may have uh, lost the ability to remember family members' names right. or or any of their their past history. But all of a sudden, a hymn that that is just uh, memorized and in their heart. All of a sudden, you see these people come back to life and and just and sing right along with it with just the biggest smile on their face because they've just uh, recaptured that joy of the moment that had escaped them, you know, because of some physical malady. And uh, so it's a, it's amazing. It is amazing. So, what's your favorite um, style of music? Because well, I've that, heard you sing all different kinds. Mm-hmm. And that's that. If if somebody looked at my playlist, they would probably, uh, you know, wonder if I had some mental illness because I, <laughs> I, I, I am all over the charts. Me I mean, too. I, I love I love blues. Uh, I love uh, uh, you know good old fashioned rock and roll. I love uh, symphony music. Uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir is heavy on my uh, uh, on my playlist, but at the same time, it'll go everywhere from. Uh, ACDC to DC Talk. I mean, it's just you know, so it's uh, it's you know, it's all all over the place. And I, I enjoy, um, especially a lot of the old rock music. Just the just the pounding 
you know, the, the, uh, the drums, the guitars, all those things just really pushing and pushing and pushing. And I think I probably uh, I gained the, the appreciation for that in, in marching band, certainly in college. Because uh, when you got 325 people going at it and it's just pure volume and it's just and you see 100,000 people just get lit up because of a song you're playing and they're they're anxiously awaiting it. Uh, that was the, the most fun thing. At, that uh, the, is a the, rush. Yeah, the pregames at, at, uh, up in Norman. Uh, everyone is waiting for that first, you know, that first uh, snare kick and then, and then the band running out and we'd play the state song and everybody, you know, that's seen the musical Oklahoma, well, you know, the state song of Oklahoma and they're <laughs> singing along. And uh, so all of a sudden you've got, you know, 80, 90,000 people singing along with us playing and just, I mean, just the energy of that. So I guess that's where I, you know, the, a lot of the old rock and roll, the, the hard hitting percussion and, and, and loudness of it really gets me going. But at the same time, uh, I'll kick it over to, um, you know, just, uh, just some classical music, uh, you know, listening to uh, Dvorak, you know, listening to, uh, you know, Brahms and, and, you know, the, just the, the, just the peacefulness of it. There have been times I was probably mowing slower than normal, but uh, there would be Gregorian chant going on in my <laughs> earbuds. And uh, so, you know, it, it's just kind of easing, easing through there. But uh, I'd have to say, for the most part, it's usually me and Stevie Ray Vaughan that are going through the front yard <laughs> whenever, uh, whenever I've got, whenever I got it turned on. But it's just a, a I, I appreciate, I appreciate pretty much any kind of music. Now, there's certain modern music, a lot of the rap stuff, I have a hard time getting into. Uh, but you know, that's just, uh, it just, I didn't grow up with that style. Uh, but you know, pretty much anything else, I, I'm, I'm deep into it. That's funny because I would have said the same thing too until I heard Hamilton and went, okay, you know what? I might like some rap. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? You know, what would be music to my ears, listeners of Now I See, hearing from you? So take a moment to drop me a line at kit at nis.media or on Twitter at nowic10, that's nowic10, or on Facebook at Kit McCarty NIS, where you can find details about how to join our new Now I See group. When you do, tell me about your favorite music. I'm always searching for new artists and songs to add to my playlist. I'll probably do a happy dance when I read your five-star rating and review of our show, so go ahead and do that, and feel free to share this episode with another music lover. We'll have information in our newsletter, blog, and show notes about how you can hear Stuart's music, and guess what? We'll even let you know where you can hear more from me when you come out for my fall 2021 We See You tour. Some of the venues are by invitation only. The organizers, not mine and have limited seating or have already sold out. But there may be a gathering near you, so check our pages for more details about those events. Oh, and one more thing. You'll be thrilled to know that the Lifeline concert hosted last weekend by last week's guest, Angela Geisner, and this week's guest, Stuart Matthews, earned a whopping $14,500. It's not too late to give to help homeless children in the city of Grand Prairie, Texas. So if you want, visit lifelineforfamilies.org and do what you can to help. Now, back to our show. So tell me 
how you started on your musical journey. How did you discover your love for music? Uh, I, I always enjoyed it uh, growing up. Um, my mom, she was always, always in the church choir. And uh, we were in a little small country church, Pleasant View Baptist Church up in Pryor, Oklahoma. And it probably ran maybe 60 or 70 people in there. But she was always in that, in that, uh, in that choir. And I remember looking up there and seeing her sing every Sunday. Uh, she had a couple of songs that she would play by ear on the piano that we had had there at the house, and of course the piano wasn't tuned, but she'd she'd make it sound beautiful, you know, as uh, as as she could. And and those songs, about once a year, she'd jump on that piano. That that was just a, a joyful time of hearing that. Uh, I think the thing that broke my heart the most uh, a couple of years back, uh, before my dad passed, I found out that he was very very musical, but he never ever talked about it. Whenever um, growing up, he was always an encourager to me. Uh, always building me up in, in everything that I did. And I had no idea how musically talented he was. Uh, that, I don't know if I ever heard him sing. No, nah, I, I don't know that I did either. Yeah. Uh, but uh, come to find out, I was looking through some pictures uh, after Mom had passed and uh, saw him dressed up, and it looked like he was on a TV set. And uh, come to find out, he and a group from his high school back in the you know 50s uh, had been invited to a local television station to to do wow. some of their music, and I thought, wow, I never never knew this. You know, I just knew him as the encourager. I never dreamed that, you know, that uh, that he was uh, uh, so musical. And um, but my start really got uh, going in in elementary school. We had uh, a couple of wonderful music teachers that each year they would do what they called a spring festival, and it would bring the four little elementary schools together. And, and we would have uh, songs and dances we would do at the big high school gym. So we just thought we had hit the big time by getting <laughs> to go to the high school. And on the stage. That's right. I mean, we're on there. And, you know, the place probably held, I don't know, maybe 500 people, something like that. So in, in our minds, it was like, you know, uh, being at Madison Square Garden, you know, we were just thinking that was the, the grandest thing. And so the excitement of that each year and, and hoping you'd get picked to do one of the parts um, was always exciting. So I always enjoyed the music, but really never, never dreamed that I'd be this involved with it, uh, over time. But in sixth grade, um, decided to go for, uh, for band and got, got my cornet, the little trumpet, you know, that, uh, uh, they all, all start us out with. And the first few days I was able to practice inside, but after a while, my mom thought that it'd be better <laughs> if I got some fresh air. And so uh, I remember probably the first two or three months of uh, learning to play the trumpet was done on top of the doghouse. And <laughs> my, my dad had a huge doghouse that was built and it matched the house. So it, it the shingles, the paint, it, so I, I probably looked like Snoopy uh, in the cartoons, but I was up on top of that with... Uh, with the trumpet, and but I had one person in the audience, and it was our faithful dog, and, and the dog would come out, and every once in a while the cattle would come up that were grazing in the in the uh, in the uh, in the field behind me. Uh, most of the time they got scared off, but uh, that, that's that's how I got started, and it really took until my freshman year of high school before it really clicked, and then all of a sudden music made sense, and I was able to really do some stuff with uh, with the trumpet. And um, with that, it finally led to college, got scholarship, and able to uh, uh, to do some just fun stuff that was just off the charts uh, at OU and uh, being in the Pride of Oklahoma, worked as a section leader there for two years, and just, you know, amazing travels. Uh, so I went all the way from the doghouse to to the to the uh, to doing the halftime show at the Orange Bowl, and our wow, t- our team fine. won the national title. And so after that, you know, it's just uh, from one to the other. It was just a fantastic journey. 
uh, with music. And I, at that point, I thought I was done. And it was funny uh, that just a couple of years later, uh, I looked back and I thought, goodness, all that music was just wasted. And then all of a sudden, the opportunity opened up to begin leading music at the small church over in Duncanville. And then it's gone from you know providing supply work at different churches, uh, interim work at, at churches where they're in between worship pastors, uh, to actually doing some touring with a with a quartet, uh, nice. where where I learned that I was out of my element there because that's a whole different art form. Uh, but it was uh, it, you know it was uh, really a lot of fun how many outlets God has provided mm-hmm. you know for music. Mm-hmm. Well, it has certainly been fun to uh, sing along with you as you've been leading our congregation and to, uh, um, you know, to enjoy some of the shows you've been in. Now, you've got one coming up. Um, so by the time this airs, it will be passed, but you're involved in Lifeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Lifeline Shelter for Families here in Grand Prairie, they, uh, they help uh, families that have kids in, uh, in Grand Prairie Independent School District that are dealing with homelessness. Um, I've been involved with it uh, probably 10 years. I can't remember how many years I've been leading it. But uh, Olin Massey got this started years ago. Another great voice. Oh yeah, just wow. and just and a heart, a heart for the city. Yeah. Just a just a fantastic man. Got that started, and then all of a sudden it it linked up with uh, with Lifeline Shelter and began uh, you know raising money for that you know, each year. And uh, once I got involved, just the the family of singers that he would come up with, uh, the friendships that were made, and you just so look forward to the next year getting to sing together. Uh, Larry Brundage uh, from Calvary Baptist Church led it for several years and uh, then passed that off to me. And so I've just been honored to uh, to be able to help the organization. Um, you know, there's some years that uh, we certainly wish we could uh, raise more money um, and wish we had a bigger crowd, you know. Uh, but it's uh, it's something that each year we're faithful to jump back in. But like I say, it's like uh, uh, getting a whole bunch of old friends back together to make music uh, when we are able to do that. So, and what's more fun than that? Oh, I know. It just it, it takes all the pressure off because it's just it's a good it's a good time from from the you know from the pledge of allegiance pledge of allegiance to God bless America at the end. You know, it's 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 fun all the way through. And I'm always amazed by the talent. Rodney Anderson mm-hmm. sings. Oh, Who yeah. knew? I would not have known if uh-huh. he hadn't been in a Lifeline yeah. concert. And so. the amazing thing with Rodney, uh, such a you know a talented person in so many different ways, but he was actually in my choir at the little church over in Duncanville. Wow. Uh, and so I remember him graduating high school, graduating college, but he sang in our in our little choir over there. And so we had a talented group in that little yeah. church. Uh, God really blessed that uh, that place with some great singers. So um, let's talk about um, how music lifts our souls. Um, I heard today on the radio that um, when you sing, your body releases endorphins. And I've always felt better when I'm singing. Um, If I'm sad and I'm singing, my mood is lifted. Um, You know, singing in a choir, working through hard things. You and I were talking earlier about uh, some choir experiences where you had been where people were so frustrated they couldn't learn, learn their parts that they were almost at the point of tears. Um, but they stayed at it mm-hmm. because there's something wonderful about music. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's talk about the healing properties of music and maybe some of the lessons that music's taught you in life. Yeah, I think certainly the, the finished product of whatever song it is that we're singing or playing, uh, once, once we get over the hump, because there may be some musical challenges in in it that maybe uh, it's a, you know some, some phrase or some... Uh, Temp, not a tempo, but really maybe a rhythm that maybe we haven't ever seen before, or we're or used a dissonance to. That yeah, doesn't. It's, well, it's not always easy, right? To hear and that certainly time. throws people off yeah. because they're thinking, "Oh, everything should just be all uh, nice and and harmonious." But sometimes you mm-hmm. have to have that dissonance, that clash, mm-hmm. in order to to raise up the uh, uh, 
uh, the audience to, mm -hmm. to, to that stress, to give them that resolution mm -hmm. in that next, that next mm -hmm. chord. And so it's so important. But like you say, being able to, to sing it, uh, sometimes even to just hum it, uh, to, to be able to, uh, to be part of that and really to be in tune with what, um, and I say in tune, be with that song. Because a lot of times uh, folks are not in tune with, <laughs> with what's going on, but they can still get that benefit from being part of it. And all of a sudden, this beautiful thing that you're hearing, all of a sudden, you feel like you're attached to it. And mm -hmm. you, that same energy that is generating just, you know, just a glorious harmony or, or some just, uh, you know, maybe some really strong instrumental piece or, uh, you know, the, the ending of a, of a, you know, a fantastic uh, vocal song, whatever it may be that's lifting the spirit. If somebody's singing along with that, all of a sudden, their, their energy is, is synced up with that. And if it rises up to the top of the mountain, it carries them right up there with it. And so I think with that, that's probably a lot of uh, how we get that lift by, mm -hmm. by just singing. Even if we're, you know, can't carry a tune in a bucket, if we're, sing <laughs> if we're singing along with, with somebody who, who can, a lot of times that, like I say, it just uh, almost propels them right along with the music. I think a joy for me in being in a choir, especially when we were doing challenging pieces, where there would be eight parts, and sometimes it was hard to hear my own, was um, overcoming the struggle, mastering that, learning to work in a group, to work in a team, to create something together mm -hmm. um, that was unique and special. Even if other groups had done it, nobody did it like our group. And there's just something amazing that uh, how music binds people together. Um, and and just teaches us so many great lessons in life. Can you share, mm -hmm. share some of the lessons you've learned? Yeah, like I say, in those difficult pieces, uh, and and each one will be unique because of uh, uh, the director. The director is going to sense sense a certain way of of portraying whatever piece it may be. And and you know there may be parts like I say where it'll have eight different parts moving in different different uh, times. Uh, uh, with dissonance, all of the all of the things working against uh, it being easy, but once once it's been mastered, and and you present it, oh wow, you know because you it's almost like uh, every piece of the jigsaw puzzle comes together, and it takes every unique piece to fit together to make the beautiful picture, and it's the same way in those in those big pieces, but the people that get that get frustrated with. Um, uh, I guess it would be perfectionism, thinking I should have figured this out the first time around. Those are the ones I think, you know, they, they put too much pressure on themselves to where it stresses them so bad. And they'll just, uh, they'll be in tears thinking, oh, I shouldn't be messing this up. And, and uh, I know with, with me, uh, a lot of times I'll, I'll throw some humor in there to try to just lessen the, uh, the tension because um, God wants our very best. God didn't ask for perfection, but if, if on this day, our very best is getting 75% of it right, <laughs> but 100% of our heart is his, he's Good. happy, you know? And, uh, and I think once people get past the idea of, I've got to be musically perfect, uh, it, it certainly lowers, you know, lowers the, uh, the stress level. And the funny thing is, once that stress goes away, so many times their ability to get up to that level mm -hmm. where they needed to be, mm -hmm. they're near perfect. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it, it's, it's fun to to see that, but to overcome that hump, like I say, mm -hmm. it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. I remember some particular um, phrases that we were learning in high school, and maybe it's trauma that brings these back, but I can still hear them on my head because a song will linger with me uh, long after I'm done practicing, long after I've left the group, probably doing something else completely different, and that song will come back to my head. Um, and it's just amazing how um, music just permeates everything that we do. 
Um, has that been your experience as well? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there's a bit of soundtrack to your life? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's a you know I'm I'm a huge college football fan, but uh, the the craziest thing is uh, in my mind I can still see, I can still smell, and I can still hear the uh, uh, the group. Our practice got rained out, and we were in the Jack Santee Lounge, which is basically uh, it's it's a, a a ballroom inside the stadium, but it's a low ceiling probably a 10 foot ceiling, uh, and glass, glass on the, on the, on the face of it, a hard concrete wall in the back. So that place was just an echo chamber and to have 325 people blasting. I mean, my ears were ringing forever, but that, but that moment I was a freshman and I remember it was a new experience to me and to feel boomer sooner as I played boomer sooner and all of us going a hundred percent. It still rings in, in in my in my mind, and like I say, I can still see in pure color, and and still smell the uh, the the aroma of that room. Uh, the memories are just it, it's it's huge. And, well, I think uh, you just hit on something really important. It's that moment that mu- music moves from our heads to our hearts, mm-hmm. where we not just hear it but we feel it, and maybe mm-hmm. that's why music in. I mean, so much to us. Oh, yeah. Well, you'd mentioned the uh, the Young Messiah tour. Uh, I had always been a huge Larnell Harris fan. Who isn't? Oh, and just just an amazing voice. And so uh, the 16 of us, they stationed up there to be basically the the praise team for these, you know, Christian artists. Uh, Somehow, by God's providence, I was assigned to be right beside him as we, you know— as we sang, go tell it on the mountain. And if you ever hear the soundtrack from Young Messiah, uh, Young Messiah was basically taking um, uh, Handel's Messiah, putting it to a modern, modern beat. Um, But some of those arrangements that he and Sandy Patty put together were just incredibly strong. So we had, we had a 300 voice choir. We had a full orchestra, the 16 of us and the stars uh, of the show were right there. I'm standing right beside him, and his voice just goes into the stratosphere. And I guarantee I gained half an octave that night, just pure adrenaline, yeah. singing along with him. And we did. We took it to the mountaintop that night as we were singing it out. But that, that uh, and, uh, you know, again, uh, Reunion Arena is no, no longer here, but that memory in my mind, I can still see the lights. I can still feel the floor shaking, and I can see him right at my shoulder, and that voice just belting it out. And just, uh, just in uh, my amazement of being that close to, you know, somebody that I admired, but then being right there with him, singing right along with him, that was just uh, incredible. I imagine so. So music has room for everybody in it. I mean, people like Larnell and you make it look so effortless, so easy. And so maybe that's why people get frustrated that they can't perform at that level. But, you know, um, people in church sing whether or not they have ability to. There's a song that people sing all together when we're at a hockey game uh, at the American Airlines Center. Um, I'll start playing. I have friends in low places and everybody's singing it, whether they can or not. So um, maybe because music just, it makes room for everybody. Mm -hmm. For the super great that make it look really easy and for those that are really struggling and everybody in between. And I just... 
And, and a lot of times it may not be the musical ability, but it's the story that goes with yes. it. And and it may not be that they have friends in low places, but they like to be cool enough to think that they did, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, that, that may be that may be part of it, but that's the great thing about music. And the, really my approach uh, to music is, is to be a storyteller. Uh, I'm always, uh, I always admire dramatic reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it can be... Um, you know, uh, the Constitution, somebody reading the Constitution, or uh, old old sermons from back in the 1700s, you know, uh, uh, you know, sinners in the hand of, the, of an angry God. You, you, you just, uh, to hear those dramatic readings shakes you, you know. Mm-hmm. And so my approach has always been, uh, in a song, I have a three to five minute opportunity to take somebody on a tour through this story. And so if I can do that clearly through the words, uh, through the volume that I sing, through the tonality of of, uh, uh, of of what my voice is going to be, whether it's going to be brilliant and, and bright or if it's going to be low and, and uh, light, uh, to, to really craft that to where it's almost like you're bringing them into an art gallery. Uh, and throughout that art gallery, it's telling a story. And just uh, like the song I mentioned earlier, uh, Bow to My Knees and Cried Holy. I mean, you start out with that picture of you've arrived in heaven, and all of a sudden, all the angels meet you there, and they're going to show you, uh, you know, they're going to take you down the streets of heaven, and you, you realize that all of a sudden you see all these people that you recognize from olden days, you're all gathered there. And whenever you get there, you think, man, I want to see Jesus. And so uh, throughout that story, you're leading them to that, to that moment, you know, I want to see Jesus because he's the one who died for me. And then all of a sudden, the, the chorus hits. Somehow you've, you've seen Jesus in there. Okay, I've bowed on my knees. I've fallen on my knees, and I cry holy. Holy, holy, holy. I sang glory. I clapped my hands and sang glory. And then you go through that course, and then all of a sudden, you continue your tour through, through that story. And you know, you're taken through, and you, you see uh, loved ones that, um, that you know, all know you by name. But then you get there, and you, you, know, you get to talk to, uh, you know, Jacob, Isaac, and Timothy, and all of a sudden, you know, these are people who who ran with Jesus. They they know they know him personally, and and you and you're just so eager to see Jesus. I just want to see Jesus because he's the one who died for me. And and all of a sudden, that it goes into even the the more grand chorus. And whenever you see Jesus, you fall to your knees. And and you know, in that story, I bowed to my knees and I I, I cried holy because. He is a holy God. He is just so magnificent, more magnificent than words. But in that five to six minutes, I have an opportunity to bring people in lightly. And by the time that I get to the end, it's every bit of energy that I've got to last that, you know, three measures of a whole note that's, <laughs> that's in the stratosphere uh, to the very, very end. And once that m- music ends, boom, the, the story is over. The lights go down on the story. And then... You know, then whatever emotional uh, consequence, uh, whether it be joy, uh, exuberance, uh, anticipation, whatever it is in the crowd, uh, just erupts, you know, and it's just from just telling that story. And so uh, that's the way I approach every song, but especially that one, because it's, uh, it's one that I've sung probably hundreds, if not thousands of ask. times. I was gonna Yeah, it's 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 one that that's a favorite, but it's uh, uh-huh. it's funny how it is how it's asked for. Um, usually, whenever uh, arrangements for a funeral will come uh-huh. up, um, the pastor will be asked, uh, "Can you get Stuart to sing uh, 
that 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 Jesus song. <laughs> and, and, well, there are two. Yeah, so. and so uh, it's two I've heard you do. Uh, and so you, know, you start thinking, okay, there's a whole hymnal full of those, and and uh, but then everybody the, means that. Uh-huh. But then uh, the the funniest one was I fell on my head, and and. Um, that was uh, the title that that came to their mind. Have him sing that one. I fell on my head, and and uh, <laughs> so that that was uh, probably the most humorous uh, of of their recollections <laughs> of the title of uh, of that mm. of that name. So, but usually if they say <laughs> sing the Jesus song, you know, or the or the glory song, then uh, I, I know okay, we'll we'll have it packed and ready. <laughs> well, I've heard you sing it maybe a hundred times, and every time you sing it, I don't know whether it's the power of the song, which is a beautiful song. Or the power of your voice as you convey that, but it is always moving every single time I hear you say it. Um, and it's probably inappropriate to have an ovation at a funeral, but on the other occasions, I can't think of one time where people didn't respond um, mm-hmm. with, you know, cheering and clapping and usually a standing mm-hmm. ovation. There's just something powerful about yeah. That one, it's uh, and and uh, you know, it, it'll be in the Lifeline concert oh, this good. year. Oh, so good! to look forward yeah, to. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that'll be the finale this year. But it's uh, it's one that, like I say, it paints such a great picture for our future. So that these momentary troubles that we go through today, we know that oh, there are streets of gold that we're going to be walking on. We're going to see all the people that we've missed. I mean, all through this COVID time, where we've lost close people that we just love and don't understand why they're gone, but to know that we're going to be on those streets of gold see those friends and they're perfectly healthy and uh and you know uh, all of a sudden all the aches and pains that i know that i deal with today i'm not going to be feeling those and mm-hmm. and just you know just the the pure joy of that and then for it to get even better whenever we come around the corner and jesus is right there and he hey welcome home well done you know and uh and able to just embrace that uh I'm looking forward to that day. Me too. And I hear they're singing in heaven, so I hope that we're singing somewhere in the choir close together so I can yeah. hear your voice. It's, it's funny. We were talking earlier, you know, different, different styles of music that we uh, you know, like, dislike, or not not really so much dislike, but yeah. what, what are our favorites? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's going to be kind of funny if we get up there. Uh, and realized that uh, you know Gaither was not the beginning of, of church music, you know, uh, yeah, because there, there's so many folks. Oh, yeah, you can't sing this new stuff, and and just think how you know in the early uh, '70s or whenever uh, Gaither really got going, you know, he was he was breaking uh, breaking new ground, was, you know, and so uh, we got to understand that there may be a little Gregorian chant or whatever in our. Uh, in our music or whatever they sang whenever David was writing the music mm-hmm. back in the day with his harp. And mm-hmm. uh, so we'll have all eternity to explore it. I imagine we'll learn a few tunes uh-huh. and, and we'll be perfect at it. That'll be the great <laughs> part. We'll all be in tune. Yes, finally. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we close out our show today, is there anything that you'd like our audience to see more clearly as a result of our conversation? Um, you know, I, I think don't, don't approach music as, um, uh, you know, a language that can't be learned or uh, something that, um, you know, that it just isn't your thing. Because, uh, again, like I say, I, I may simplify it too much saying that it's just storytelling with uh, with rhythm and, and notes. Uh, but I think the so, best songs are, though. They, they really are. Because you think about the the songs that have, that have lasted throughout, you know, our lifetimes have had a story that, that mm-hmm. runs through it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's basically telling that story, putting your heart into it, mm-hmm. but again, knowing that that song is going to come in through the ears, it's going to touch the heart, going to touch the mind, uh, 
and and creates such a sensory experience. Like I mentioned, you know, uh, from times uh, mm-hmm. back in in college, mm-hmm. that I can still smell the room, see the room, feel the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of those senses come back in that memory, and um, so that's uh, you know that that's my hope, and especially in a lot of the funerals, these are uh, times where it's pure heartbreak for of families course. that they've lost someone that they've that they've loved. But to hear that song, uh, you know, uh, walk down the streets of heaven, and all of a sudden they start envisioning themselves there, and they can remember the last time they held the hand of mm-hmm. that loved one, or the last time they, you know, hugged that, that loved mm-hmm. one, or the last word of encouragement, or the last kiss, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, that they can remember through that song and, and just know that their ticket is already booked, you know, uh, for that arrival in God's timing. Mm-hmm. And when they get back, it'll be a sweet, sweet day. So good. So good. So people are going to want to hear you. Where are you next? You're doing uh, Lifeline yeah, after that. Yeah, after Lifeline, um, uh, singing with our praise team there at First Baptist. Um, I've kind of slowed down on doing the, the touring. Uh, had had a, uh, done that four or five years ago, and just uh, yeah, physically it's gotten where it's a little tough to, uh, to do that. Um, but there are opportunities, um, you know, certainly with Lifeline, uh, other city events that you know that we'll be trying you have to recordings. Oh yes, yeah, we have uh, have those. You can find those on iTunes. Um, I do have CD bundles that um, you know by request. If uh, if folks want to um, to get those, you know, I can, I can bundle those and get a special price to to get those shipped out to them. But we have uh, have that available as well. Good. Well, we'll have those links in our show notes for you, our listeners. Um, thanks so much for your time today. It's been a joy to be with you. I appreciate the invite. Thanks, and listeners, we'll see you again soon. Can you think of someone who would enjoy our show today? If so, please share it with them. You can help others find us too by liking, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Visit today's show notes for show highlights, links to recommended resources, including our own, nis.media. I'd love to hear what you have to say, so drop me a line at Kit McCarty, NIS, on Facebook or at kit at nis.media. And if you'd like to hear more from me, sign up for my periodic newsletter when you're on my site. Special thanks to the production team at Headset Radio and to my friend Becky Salazar for the bumper music. I'm your host, Kit McCarty. See you again soon. So right after we turned off the mics, Stuart started to tell the funniest story. So I quick turned the mics back on. Enjoy an extra bonus few minutes with our guest today, Stuart Matthews. Uh, fun things uh, from, from the Pride of Oklahoma days was the, uh, the, the uh, Orange Bowl parade. And it wasn't the parade itself, uh, which was great. I mean, Bob Hope was the, uh, the master of ceremonies. He was the you know, he was he was riding in the in the car, so we got to see him from a distance. But the most fun thing for us was warming up in in a in a parking lot off off of downtown, you know, off of Biscayne Boulevard there. Oh, dark thirty. Oh yeah, and so we're we're uh, uh, warming up, and um, the uh, the song we were we were playing. Um, oh goodness, the the name escapes me right now. But it was one that started with the low bass, just get going. And right across on the other side of the parking lot was the Penn State band. And so we're getting warmed up. Um, 
which is mayhem. Yeah. all the instruments doing yeah. whatever they want. You think this isn't good. And so they're, they're over there. And gosh, if I can just remember the name of the, uh, the song. Um, It'll come to you. Text me later. But it, um, it, uh, it, it slowly builds with the, the low bass trombones kick in. And then all of a sudden the, the high brass all come in just screaming. And it's just, uh, uh, boom, 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 boom. And and seeing every single person in blue and white spin around. Yes. And and see the defeat. Yeah. See the defeat in their eyes. That was that was the most fun part. And then watching the videotape of the parade, because the way the parade route would go, you go down Biscayne Boulevard and and then you would you'd go down about two blocks and you'd come back up the other side. We went first. And so we're coming back up the other side. The Penn State band is coming along. They're in front of the cameras. And you can hear our boomer sooner two blocks over oh, over them. And uh, that was that was uh, kind of rude. Oh, kind of yeah. fun. Yeah. Oh, and, my gosh. And then we win the ball game in the national title. Yeah, uh, it was it was a complete weekend. <laughs>